We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we're back into it on the fan inside the 9 o'clock hour. KM to AM, a five-hour sports talk show on the greatest sports talk station in the world. Coming to you live from New York City, talking to the greatest fans in the world. My name's Keith McPherson. Let's continue. Now, I'm a general sports fan. I love baseball. And I think I kind of like campaign for baseball because I just, you know, I have friends and people that they try to act like baseball is boring. I just, I hate when people say that, you know, It, it, it doesn't like bother me because honestly, I'm a type of guy. I'm like, if you don't like baseball, cool. Don't pull up to the stadium, like leave. Uh, seats for the people that care, um, you know, let us go and enjoy the games. But uh, I, I grew up playing everything. Baseball was my first love because I was too small to play football. And I collected baseball cards and played the video game. And, you know, just like you, I, you know, picked the Yankees. I know a lot of you picked the Mets. But, you know, the same way you feel for the Mets, uh, I feel for the Yankees. They're in my heart. I love the team and I love the sport. And uh, I was blessed enough to be on MLB Network last year. Uh, I don't know if our show is coming back this year. I would like it to, but I still watch MLB Network. And, uh, you know, I've always watched MLB Network. And I understand the list that they're putting out and why they're putting them out and the shredder and the shows. And they do a great job at getting people to talk about baseball and debate and have conversations and, uh, you know, use numbers and research to figure out these top 10 now lists of different players. So, um I think we were talking about Garrett Cole and him being left off of the fan list as well as the like shredder computer list that they spit out. I'll read you the fan list of the top 10 pitchers and also the top 10 catchers. And uh, maybe that'll spark some baseball fans to call in and weigh in and maybe, you know, put some names that were left out or, uh, you know, just have some general conversation around baseball. It's February. We're days away from pitchers and catchers. We're days away from the World Baseball Classic. And I just can't keep talking about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to do that. We're literally, uh, they, said, they said that can be decided by – that won't be decided till later. Like the new league year starts, I think, after like March 9th or 10th. And uh, I think June 1st is the date that we'll actually know. Like that'll, that has to be done. So plenty of time to talk Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or not to the Jets. Um, we got to sprinkle in some baseball. It's February, and I know baseball fans wait till February. I know baseball fans can't wait for the Super Bowl to be over, right? There are a lot of baseball fans that are just baseball fans, right? And baseball is such a huge sport as far as, like, there's so many layers and things to the business of it, the history of it, the players, um, just the, the thinking part of the game, just the knowledge that you have to have to know what's going on in the game, right? That's why they say people that think baseball is boring, like, Baseball is boring to a slow mind, they say. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, MLB Now, their tagline is, you know, the show for the thinking fan. And I understand if you don't get that deep into it. I don't I don't necessarily get that deep into it. I'm not on fan graphs. I'm not on baseball savant. 
You know, I'm not I'm not going that deep in the baseball reference unless I need to. I'm I'm more of a feel guy. I'm more of an eye test guy. I literally go to the ballpark and I watch these players run out of the dugout. I go to the ballpark and I look at these guys in the outfield and in the infield and their their mannerisms and their body language and uh, you know that's how I kind of you know come up with my takes and my thoughts about players and what I think of them. You know it, it isn't all numbers for me. I feel like so much of baseball today is is what I joke around and say is beep boop beep. It's it's computers. It's uh, Johnny Five. It's analytics. It's numbers and. You know, being a former athlete, I understand there's an element to sports, this human element, not the umpire human element. I'll be ready for them to take some of that out of the game. But there's this human element that you can't measure. You can't measure someone's heart or someone's will to win or if this pitcher is going to be able to get these last two outs. But you're taking them out because the sheet of paper that you printed out before the game says that once he gets around 90 pitches, it's time to go to the bullpen where that could literally cost you a game. But let me read you guys this list. Um, here is the list of uh, the fans voted on this list of top 10 major league pitchers right now. Number one is Sandy Alcantara, uh, also pronounced as Alcantara. Number two is Jacob deGrom. Number three is Justin Verlander. Number four is Framber Valdez. Number five is Max Freed. Number six is Shohei Otani. Number seven is Corbin Burns who also in the Shredder list was number one. Talked about that last night. Number eight is Alec Manoa. Number nine is Kevin Gossman. Number 10 is Spencer Schreider. Now, Yankees fans hear those names, and they say, where is Garrett Cole? Where is Carlos Rodon? And uh, Rodon was on the computer list for top 10 right now. He was number three, but I won't go through that list. That was the the list that the fans voted on that I, I just read you. And now let's go through the catchers for the fan list. Number one, JT Realmuto. Number two, Adley Rushman. Number three, Cal Raleigh. Number four, Will Smith. Number five, Salvador Perez. Number six, Jose Trevino. Number seven, Alejandro Kirk. Number eight, Wilson Contreras. Number nine, Sean Murphy. And number t- number 10, Travis Darno. And, uh... I don't know. I guess you could debate that. I think everybody thinks JT Real Muto is the top guy. I'm happy to see Jose Trevino get his love after getting his first all-star and a platinum glove. I think Adley Rushman, uh, I think he's one of the best young players in the league, and he made an immediate impact on the Baltimore Orioles. I think we'll see this year some people saying that he's the best catcher in the game. Uh, Salvador Perez, I mean, he's an old man still doing it. Uh, a couple years back, didn't he have like 40 bombs? And uh, Alejandro Kirk, I don't think people talk about enough. He's a menace. He can be a problem for the Blue Jays. And Sean Murphy, I tried to have a – I remember one night when that deal happened with Sean Murphy uh, to the Braves. I'm like, wait, do you guys realize they just got Sean Murphy? And no one really heard me. No one really cared. But um, he signed a six-year extension with the Braves. I'm like, the Braves are quietly – doing what they do, and stacking the deck for years to come with talent. I don't know. I think I, I yelled that into the ether. No one uh, really wanted to talk about it, but I bet you we talk about it when the season starts, and it's uh, Braves versus Mets. 877-337-6666. Just trying to sprinkle in some baseball conversation on the fan. It's February. We're getting close to pitchers and catchers, spring training. I know some of you are going to be taking trips down to Tampa. Maybe you... 
go to Phoenix. I've been to spring training in Arizona. I've been to spring training in Tampa. I mean, it's it's a great time if you love baseball. It's a good time to like kick off the season. Other than that, got eyes on the Knicks, and uh, I'm kind of monitoring the Shrine Bowl and uh, also the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown. Let's get back to the phones and talk to the fans that call the fan. Jake is on Long Island. What's up, Jake? You got it. Hey, what's up, Keith? Not too much. Watching Julius Randle and uh, hosting the show tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to make a point about some baseball. You know, I'm a, I'm a football football Giants fan. I'm a baseball Yankee fan. And I just wanted to make a point about the Yankees. You know, everyone's saying, yeah, they need a left fielder. They need a third baseman. And everyone's getting all worried. You know, last year, obviously, uh, Brian Cashman made a, like, a, a later in, in the offseason move, right, when he got Donaldson, IKF. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know about a left fielder. I think they need a third baseman more than they need a left fielder. I think the left fielder, you could stick with Cabrera, but then you need a third baseman. Uh, well, well, I'll say to that, which I don't necessarily disagree, but we're having the conversation. They have three third basemen. They have Donaldson. They have IKF. They have DJ LeMayu. Uh, who plays the most at third base? We don't know yet, uh, but I think they've got third base covered in their minds uh, versus left field, where I think they're they're really going to have like a tryout in spring training, and they actually might go with Aaron Hicks if he wins that in spring training, which I think that would be crazy to see on March 30th. Uh, in left field, number 31, Aaron Hicks. Boo! Yeah, I, I could I could feel that already. Yeah, I'll be I'll be one of the main people booing like. How did we get here? How did we default into this again? Yeah, that'd be crazy. But I don't know. You know, everyone's saying how you know this past year. What always happens? We get to the playoffs. Our pitching does well. You know, we got Rodon, which was a big move. I liked. But they don't. They're hitting. Just the bats go quiet. So you know, I like Praz and Volpe. I mean, Volpe's the number one shortstop prospect in the league. So we could see what he could do. I think they should both play this year and see how they start off hitting. I think they're going to. I think that's something that we will see. The Yankees have a mix of veterans over the age of 30 that are, you know, in their prime slash in the uh, twilight or end of their careers, and uh, they've made their money, but they're looking for that ring. I think that's special. I think that's something that you need. You need guys that have been there before, guys like Anthony Rizzo that have won, um, Judge, who is the biggest thing in baseball, and, you know, DJ LeMay, who's out to prove that he's still who he is, and, then you put this injection of young talent with Oswald Peraza, a guy that, you know, unfortunately they forced him into the ALCS. I, I just don't think that was right. Like, I'll never get over how the Yankees, you know, just fumbled the the rock in that series. Like, you know, putting together new lineups, like they're putting together new parlays and, and fan duel, hoping that they hit. That's part of the problem, bro. When the Yankees didn't hit in the postseason, it's because these guys like Harrison Bader are showing up and he doesn't even know, oh, he's leading off today. Like, they have to develop some type of consistency. They have to develop some type of consistent lineup and expectations throughout the season if they can stay healthy and have guys hitting in the same spots. I know people think that's old baseball. It's not. It's it's just it's just going to work. It's habits. It's just like, you know, going to work every day and you're sitting in the same desk, going to work every day and going through the same motions. Like, you're, it's it's comfort. I think the Yankees lack that in the postseason. They scrambled, right? They they got to demote IKF. They're listening to what A-Rod has to say and what the fans have to say. They can't do that. They have to go through a whole season, and you, you'll never go through a whole season uh, without stints on the um, IL. But they got to go through a season where it's like, 
Like Judge can't lead off. Like we, I don't want to see Judge leading off. Like you have you have other options. They have to go through a season where guys know where they're hitting. I know we'll never get back to the Yankees of old where you just knew the lineup every day. You knew where guys were playing in the field every day. But they do have to, you know, have some consistency coming up this season. Yeah, I know this may sound, you know, maybe a little bit crazy because he's so fragile, but I'd rather see Giancarlo start in left field. Yeah, I talked about it a little bit last night. They won't do it. He's getting up there in age. He's going to be your DH. What you might see, I already alluded to Aaron Judge playing center field, you might see them rest Harrison Bader, and you might see Stanton go out in the right field. Is a shorter right field easier for him to play? And then maybe Judge in center, but they're not going to put him in left field. It's an ocean out there. That's the term I always use. You know, Brett Gardner was able to play left field, but other than him, I went through last night. I could do it again. The the black hole that it's been in left field. You've seen guys like Ryan Lamar out there, Mike Talkman out there, Tim LaCastro out there, Miguel Andujar out there, Clint Frazier out there, Joey Gallo, Aaron Hicks, Andrew Benetton. Like I could just rattle off all the names of these left fielders that the Yankees have had in the, the last like three, four years, and they haven't had one consistent guy there. For a reason, it's a hard position to play. Oswaldo Cabrera, it's a hard position to play. And uh, they just haven't been able to figure it out. But I don't think that Stanton, at age 32 now, I don't think that they're going to put Giancarlo Stanton in left field ever. Um, he's Once his legs, like, they're, they're very cautious about his calves, his hamstring. He's 33. Um, they're very cautious about Giancarlo Stanton not getting injured. They're worried about him running the base pass. They're not going to put him in left field, and then he's running uh, you know, to the foul pole trying to make a play and pulls a hammy or something. Yeah, and the only question I still have is, is that bullpen. I don't know how, how deep that is. No, 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 fret not. I mean, I, I talked last night about how Chad Green signed with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'm fine with that. The Blue Jays are trying to figure out the Yankees, like, they they uh, you know went eight and eleven against the Yankees. They signed Donnie Baseball. They signed Chad Green. They're trying to figure out the formula. The Yankees bullpen is solid. The Yankees bullpen has reinforcements. They have uh, guys that have done it, and uh, I trust in Matt Blake. I I actually am like super confident in the rotation and the bullpen more than I've been in a long time going into the season. Like don't forget, like we didn't have uh, Ron Marinasio in the postseason. We didn't have Michael King. In the postseason, those guys will be back. Those guys will be ready to go. Uh, I, I really don't want to see Clark Schmidt come out of the bullpen. I'd rather see them try and stretch him out to be a starter, like that was supposed to be the plan last year when they sent him back to AAA. But uh, you know, Clay Holmes is a guy that was an All Star for the first time last year. They got to figure it out with him. Jonathan Loizaga is a guy that hitters fear. Uh, I feel like he's underrated. They got to be able to use him. They brought Tommy Canely back. Tommy Canely with that left arm coming out of the bullpen late, he can do some things. I know I'm, I'm leaving some guys off. I'm definitely forgetting some names. But uh, the Yankees' bullpen, I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, that one guy that you're probably leaving off was Wandy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. How could I forget Wandy Peralta after what he did in October? Exactly. Like, the bullpen is going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm just questioning who's the closer. You know, we saw that second half struggles with Clay Holmes. Not Chapman. So <laughs> not a role just Chapman. You don't got to you don't got to see him ever again. So, you know, fret not. I'm not I can't be worried about that. I I, I had uh, Matt Blake on the podcast a couple weeks ago and I jokingly said to him like, you know, how much does it suck when you got to watch Chapman come into the game? And I was just kidding with him, but like that's how the fans feel. Like, oh, here we go. We got to sweat this out. A role just Chapman. What's he going to be? 
And uh, we don't have to go through that anymore. So somebody's going to be able to close, whether it's Clay Holmes, whether it's Loisaga, Wandy, you'll do it. Like someone's going to rise and be the closer for the New York Yankees. We don't know exactly who that's going to be yet this year. I mean, they also got Lou Trevino. uh, I mean, with Frankie Montas, Trevino, if he can be solid this year, he might be the better part of that deal. So uh, we'll see, man. We're getting closer and closer to time. I'm excited about it, and uh, fret not. The Yankees will figure out in spring training who will be in left field. They have some minor league camp invites, guys that have played the outfield at the major league level, and uh, I think it's going to be a competition in left. And, you know, competition brings out the best in everyone. Iron sharpens iron, so hopefully we get the guy that's best suited to play left field on opening day, and I just I just hope it's not Aaron Hicks. Thanks for the call, Jake. 877-337-6666. Uh, almost halfway through the show, a five-hour KM to AM. Thanks for listening. We got to break it down real quick. We'll be right back after this. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Cash Money Records taking over for the 9-9 in the 2000. <laughs> There's some black history for you. Keep McPherson on the fan. As we proceed, let's go Knicks. The Knicks were up 14. And then the league, the, the lead shrunk to five. I think they're holding it down now. I don't know. It's The pace is starting to pick up here in the fourth quarter. And uh, I don't know. The Knicks need this win. It's a five-point game. They can't collapse here in the fourth like we've seen so many times. But it's Evan Fournier on the court. Obi Toppin, nice hit. Miles um, McBride, R.J. Barrett, Hartenstein. Let's go, Knicks. They'll hold it down. All right. So, I mean, I'm doing some some looking, some digging. And, uh, you know, looking for a few things. We just talked about the Yankees for a little bit, and we'll continue that conversation. I see some Yankees calls, and I was going through, you know, like the bullpen. I don't know how I forgot about Wandy Peralta after his heroics. Um, other than that, from the bullpen, I guess you can expect to see Greg Weisert. Greg Weisert, maybe. Maybe he'll be a factor coming out of the bullpen. Uh, who else's name did I pull up that I might have forgotten to to mention? Albert Abreu, but I don't really want to see Albert Abreu. Oh, Scott Efros. Now, Scott Efros was injured, um, and I hope he's ready to go this year. Um, I'm not sure about his injury status and uh, what he'll be, you know, what he'll be like for spring training. I'll look that stuff up, but, like, I'm not worried about the Yankees' bullpen at all. I'm not worried about the Yankees' pitching. Like, I just think the Yankees are in a better place than they've been with their pitching in a long time. It's the hitting. When they, when they come up lame in October, it's because they can't hit. It's because they strike out 50 times in two games. It's like, you know, it's so simple, right? But it's not. And uh, it's because they're disconnected and they're reaching and, and they're trying to figure it out late. It's like they're unprepared. It's like, a, you know, you, you get to the end of the semester and you had all semester to do the final project and you wait until last week and now you're putting it together and everybody can tell. And uh, you know the Yankees this year that just passed. Obviously, it was all about Judge. It was all about the home run record. And I just knew, and we all knew, there's no way with all this stress and pressure on Aaron Judge 
that he's going to be able to carry this team in October the way that he literally did all year. That's done. That's done. Hopefully, Judge is able to hit 40 bombs this year, give us over 100 RBI, and uh, just be the captain and be the leader and be the right example for these young guys that are going to be coming up, Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe, maybe Florial will get a chance this year, and for the veterans that are on the team as well. So Yankees fans, call me up. We're still taking those calls, of course. Mets fans, I was looking at something that uh, Joel Sherman posted, and I know uh, Joel Sherman you know, has a podcast that he does. I listen to his podcast uh, with John Heyman. Actually, it was John Heyman that posted this, and we do have the clip. I thought this was interesting, so... I obviously trolled the Mets fans when uh, Carlos Correa's <laughs> deal didn't go through. I just I knew I, I put out on Twitter like two weeks before it didn't go through. Don't let it not go through because here on the fan it was celebrated like I don't know what it was celebrated like. I can't, it was celebrated like the Mets won the World Series right overnight, and uh, I definitely took that some kind of way. It made me feel some kind of way waking up on Aaron Judge's reintroduction day the day that Aaron Judge would be renamed the 16th captain, right? The uh, Carlos Correa shadow was hanging over the Yankees universe. If you listen, you you understood. But uh, ultimately, I did say that like Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, the Mets doctors, they did the right thing. You can't sign damaged goods for 12 years over $300 million. Like, you know, you might think that your owner is an ATM, but he showed us that like he's not dumb. He's no dummy. He's a salesman. He's a businessman, and he's going to do what it takes to win, but he's not going to get finessed. Uh, same thing with Jacob DeGrom. Like, I'm not about to lock into you, bro, for five, six years. You gave us 11 starts last year. I don't know what you're going to do with the uh, rest of the time. So I thought this was interesting. Uh, if you follow John Heyman on Twitter, he put out this clip from him talking on um, the New York Post. I think they have a podcast where they were talking about the Mets, and I've already mentioned Kodai Sanga and how excited I am to watch him pitch. And here's him talking about the deal Kodai Senga ended up signing. I forget where they thought Kodai Senga was going to come in at, but uh, he came in at a little bit less. And uh, the reports today that came out about his uh, iffy physical, John Heyman speaks on. John Heyman of the New York Post joins us now. And, John, you wrote an article today about Kodai Senga, a new Mets pitcher that they signed over from Japan. And you had mentioned in the article that there were some iffy physicals about Kodai Senga before he signed the deal with the New York Mets. What more can you tell us about this? Yes, uh, they arranged the physical before they actually negotiated the contract. So I guess it's called a pre-physical. And this way they did avoid some drama. Uh, He did sign for $75 million, which is a lot of money and probably the right amount of money considering uh, the physical was iffy. And this is a highly decorated Pitcher from Japan, three-time All-Star, five rings while there, throws the ghost ball. And, you know, if you look at it and you say, why did he get $3 million more only than Taiwan Walker? Well, it probably has to do with that physical. And so, you know, his agency was upfront about it. The Mets negotiated, knowing everything that was going on and that uh, there was there was some wear and tear on the arm, which probably isn't unusual. If you go back and look at a lot of the Japanese pitchers, He's only 29, but they throw a lot of innings and early. That's why in over here in MLB, they really protect the pitchers and limit their pitches and limit their innings. And so it's not unexpected that he would show wear and tear on the arm, but uh, the agency right away got that physical done. And then the Mets got a deal, which based on what he's done, 
probably looks like a bargain, but in reality, probably very fair considering uh, the physical. And what's interesting is this. You did mention that Mets people seem to be okay with this. Is there any cause for concern that maybe this could show up in this in this upcoming season? Well, it sounds like the Mets people are comfortable that he's going to be okay this year. Obviously, it's a five-year deal. There are no guarantees with anybody, but certainly uh, he's got some wear and tear on that arm. And, you know, there's more concern here than maybe your average excellent 29-year-old pitcher might have because – you know, obviously in Japan, they start throwing at 18, 19 and throw, you know, close to 200 innings sometimes where here in the United States, uh, they don't do that to young pitchers. So, uh, you know, I think there is a little bit of extra concern overall over the five years, but uh, the Mets seem fairly comfortable in that first year. He's going to be fine. So there's a few things there for Mets fans. Uh, this guy is 30 years old. He signed to a five-year deal. I know it's not necessarily right to compare him to Masahiro Tanaka. They're not the same guy, uh, but they're buddies, and they're both coming over from Japan after having uh, plenty of innings pitched. But Tanaka came over here in 2014, and he pitched for the Yankees seven seasons until 2020. So he pitched, uh, I think he pitched until, Tanaka's 34. I think he pitched until he was about 30, 31 for the Yankees, and the Yankees moved on from him because of an elbow. Um, I'll say that the Mets are doing their due diligence with these physicals. Uh, I kind of envy it because <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets have not done their due diligence with Ben Simmons and his physical, but that's a whole other rabbit hole you don't want me to go down. Um, Mets fans, call me up and tell me what you think. Like I was just saying to be optimistic about you know your rotation and these new guys that are going to be throwing the ball for you, but now when you hear that, also mixed with Max Scherzer and how many games he missed last year, his age. Um, Justin Verlander, his age, who I think is going to be fine. I think he's got a brand new arm with, you know, post-Tommy John and, uh, you know, him winning the Cy Young. I don't know. I think there's definitely some concern, and I, and I understand Mets fans that wanted Jacob deGrom back uh, and might not feel like this rotation is as strong as it was last year. But call me up with your thoughts and what you think about Kodai Senga, at least you didn't end up paying him more money because of the if, iffy physical. But, uh, I mean, this guy's 30. He signed till he's 35. We're not sure what we're going to get out of him this year or the next four or five years uh, in total. What else did I have? I saw Brett Beatty uh, was working out another Crosstown crossover, Yankees and Mets. Brett Beatty working out with a guy that uh, Yankees fans thought we were going to see more of, but he got up there in age, and it, you know, Father Time is undefeated. It kind of ran its course on him. Brett Beatty spent part of his offseason working on his defense with Troy Tulowitzki, and uh, Yankees fans remember Troy Tulowitzki pulling up, I think, in 2014, sitting in Yankee Stadium to watch Jeter in his final season. Uh, Tulo wore number two, uh, idolized Jeter, and then I think it was opening day 2018, or maybe it was 19, that Tulo was starting at shortstop for the New York Yankees. We thought we were going to see him do some things. Um, I think I think it was 2019. That's always I always said that was going to be a a trivia question um, for Yankees fans. Uh, 2019 opening day lineup Yankees. But either way, Tulo is a great guy for. Um, young Brett Beatty to be working with. And Tulo said this, he said, uh, you know, Brett Beatty worked on defense this off season. And he just said, uh, 
He needs to get better over there. He's got all the tools, just needs some reps. So we'll see what happens with this young man. Um, is he going to get an opportunity to play some third base? Maybe. I think Eduardo Escobar is over there. Obviously, it's not going to be Carlos Correa. But, I mean, we're coming up on spring training. We shall see. Call me up, 877-337-6666. When we come back, I promise I'm going to hit the calls, hammer the phones, and all that. We are going to talk to the fans that call the fan right after this. It is fight night in the NBA. There's a lot of NBA games on and some matchups. If you're not paying attention, from New York, in the red corner, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell throwing bows, spike the ball off Dylan Brooks' head. Go look right now. The uh, I knew the Grizzlies' cab matchup was going to be good. But during the break, I just saw Donovan Mitchell and Dylan Brooks get into it. Uh, Don- I'll try and paint the picture for you, but you can go to the internet and find the video. Uh, Dylan Brooks from the Memphis Grizzlies is going down the lane trying to make a layup. Evan Mobley swats it, blocks the ball, and uh, Donovan Mitchell is, you know, right there under the play, gets the ball, and Brooks is on the ground, and while he gets up, he throws his left hand back at Donovan Mitchell, and it almost looks like he tries to hit him in the um, family jewels. You know, trying to keep it PG for my uh, young Padawans listening. So he swings at uh, Donovan Mitchell like that. And Donovan Mitchell was not feeling it. He boinks the basketball off his head. They lock up when Dylan Brooks gets up. He kind of like tries to hip toss him. And then like a fan or security gets involved. Melee, fight night in the NBA, looking like uh, hockey in the NBA. Usually we say in the NBA, oh, they're not like that. They're not about that life. Well, Donovan Mitchell's from New York. He is. And uh, that was hilarious. I just saw that. That's going to go viral on NBA Twitter. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up. Andrew, thanks for waiting all the way out in Portland, Oregon. You're on in New York City. This is the <laughs> fan, bro. Thanks. I know you've been off for hey, like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, man. It's all good. How you been, man? Thanks for taking my call. I'm good. Just trying to hold it down. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on everything in the sports world and trying to entertain and have a good show tonight. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You uh, you just touched on uh, the the rumble going on out there, and uh, I think I think Cleveland. Yeah, I, I just saw that too, man. I'll tell you what, the Memphis Grizzlies just played a big game against my Portland Blazers. That you know, John Morant is 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 an all star. He's a stud, but that Dylan Brooks, man, he's a joke. He's nothing but a buster, dude. He he was trying to say how he he had Dame Lillard on clamps and. You know, that he, he always has him on lockdown and Dream, Dame does nothing but drop a 40 piece on him last night. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew, yeah, I, I knew Dylan Brooks was, was nothing but a punk all going all the way back to the college days, man. You, you know that I'm, I'm out here in Oregon and I'm, I'm a former Beaver. So yep. I, I'm obviously going to be biased against the Ducks, but man, the, 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 the University of Oregon Ducks produce good athletes, but bad people, man. And so, Dylan Brooks, it's nothing new. But, Blame uh, Canada. You know, he's, you were, he's from north of the border. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 come on now. I'm I'm Canadian now, you know. Oh, this, I didn't know that. No uh, disrespect. Yeah, I, That's not a good joke. No, for it's me, all man. good, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. It, it's all good. There's, yeah, Can- Canadians can uh, can be hotheads too sometimes. But uh, now, you know, like you said, you were talking uh, just kind of a lot of headlines. Um, you touched on Brady. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is retiring. It's, it's kind of funny if you think about it. Tom Brady is kind of like the uh, the COVID of the NFL, you know. He thrived down in Florida, 
there were some people who uh, never really believed in them, and uh, he put up uh, killer numbers. So uh, yeah, you, you know, Tom Brady, you don't have to don't uh, don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, you were talking NBA All Stars. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson probably probably gets a snub, but uh, you know, James Harden out in Philly, he he probably could have been an All Star. Um, you know, I'm I'm out here in Portland. I, we feel like the Blazers are getting snubbed almost every other year. But um, I was curious here. Let me ask you real quick. I know you're a big Brooklyn fan. What the what are you thinking that the plan should be for the Brooklyn Nets come trade deadline? You think uh, Ben Simmons should be out or what? <laughs> no one's gonna take Ben Simmons. Like that's the thing. The Nets were the <laughs> only ones dumb enough to take him on and uh, you know not examine his physical in the way that Steve Cohen is having his doctors comb through all these guys that he's investing in, right? Uh, and I know it's one thing for free agents versus a trade, but I don't think anyone in the NBA is dumb enough to take on Ben Simmons right now. The Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. seem to just find ways to add drama, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's James Harden, you know, now it's Ben Simmons. And uh, at the trade deadline in a week, I'm, I'm just hoping that they just do the one thing that they've needed since we saw them get swept last year. Add some bigger guys. Pause. Add some size. Mm-hmm. Pause. Add some some tall individuals to this team so they can match up with the Celtics, who are monsters. Yep. Like you're not going to be able to beat them with Bruce Brown, with Goran Dragic, with Patty Mills. Uh, Kyrie is a wizard, but he's he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to d up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like you're not stopping these guys with Seth Curry. You you need to get uh, some some another big. And uh, a backup guard that has uh, some height and some some weight on him. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, shoot, you know, I I hate I hate to keep dropping my uh, my my team out in Portland here. That probably New York sports fans could care less about. That's that's how we always feel. Sure, yeah, Josh Hart. Yep, Nurk's got to go. I I love Nurk. Uh, he there's there's about a billion videos of uh, Dame Dame Junior. You know, Dame's little boy and Nurkic kind of having little cute moments on the court. But, uh, yeah, I, Nurk has got to go. Hart's got to go. We'll see what happens with the Blazers, with the Nets. Uh, but, um, you know, we got some football going on. I'm sitting here watching the Shrine Bowl. Uh, keep an eye if, if uh, this team in black here, if the West if uh, the West team gets in the red zone or they come to the goal line, keep an eye on former Beaver Jack Coletto. Man, Jack Coletto just won the Pat, uh, uh, Pat Horning Award, the uh, all-versatile all player in, in the college football this year he's going to be the next uh uh what's his name for the uh, uh new orleans saints uh, Jay, uh not jason tatum Taysom hill he's going to be the next Taysom mm-hmm. hill i tell you what he's he's got over he's got over 22 23 total touchdowns and he's a defensive player who can make a tackle jack coletto the jackhammer he's going to be a, a interesting little tidbit in football next year but um i'll tell you what before i go here um I just wanted to call into New York sports. Um, I know you're a big uh, New New Jersey Devils fan. Um, my my Vancouver Canucks are going to play the Devils right out of the All Star break yep. next, next week. Uh, Jack Hughes versus uh, his brother Quinn Hughes, mm-hmm. two two brothers facing off. But um, I just wanted to address any of the New York Islanders uh, fans out there that are going to be very very blessed to watch uh, Bo Horvat play. Right. The Vancouver Canucks traded to New York Islanders, Bo Horvat, who could could not have been a better player for the city of Vancouver, for the team, been here for nearly 10 years. 
Um, I don't know if any of you guys saw the story of his jersey number. He's going to be wearing jersey number 14 for New York because he's got uh, respect for a player who's uh, a veteran on the Islanders who's been wearing 53 for a while. But uh, Bo Horvat wore number 53 uh, well for Vancouver his whole career. And the reason Bo Horvat wore number 53 is because when they when he was younger playing junior hockey, uh, one of his close friends, I believe his name was Ian Jenkins, uh, was a goalie that they played junior hockey with together. He, uh, he passed away. His, his friend passed away. They were, I think they were only like 15 or 16 years old, you know, junior, junior hockey. So, um, you know, Bo Horvat kind of was a, the opposite of that, you know, three, five, five, three, uh, can't wear that number out in New York. That's fine. But, um, yeah, Bo Horvat, he was one of the leading scorers in the NHL this year kind of behind Tage Thompson out in Buffalo. He's behind some of the top leaders. But Bo Horvat, he's a great scorer, great puck handler. He's a he's a big enough boy who can go toe-to-toe when he needs to. He learned how to be a captain under the uh, the Sedin, Daniel and Henrik Sedin from a few years back, uh, Vancouver Legends. And um, I'll tell you what, if you guys need to see some highlights, Google Google. Uh, bubble Bo, Bubble Bo Horvat. When they had the the bubble, you know, in the playoffs, just like in basketball, you know, in the in the 2020 COVID season, Bo Horvat was unstoppable. Um, so yeah, I just I just wanted to kind of drop that in there. My heart my heart was broken when Vancouver traded him away to New York. Um, and I guess uh, before I go here, Keith, I'd I'd like to ask you, do you have any uh, stories behind the jersey number you wore when you were playing uh, football and whatnot? Thanks for taking my comment. Thanks, Andrew. Always appreciate your input. Always appreciate you calling my show from out west. Andrew is a guy who's a Yankees fan out west, follows me on Yankees Twitter and listens to WFAN and and supports my show. And I know Islanders fans probably felt what he just dropped. That was great. Uh, Why why did I wear my numbers? Um, I wore uh, eight when I was young. Uh, My brother used to call me Troy Fakeman. I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. I played quarterback, so I wore number eight. And... uh, I wore 16 at JMU. I was appointed that number. I wore four at Monmouth. I just, you know, kind of went uh, eight, 16, four. And uh, I don't know. I I wear 11 now. One's on the clock. 11, 11, make a wish. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have too many significant things or or tributes or people. But, uh, yeah, I wore eight in Pop Warner in high school, really because of Troy Aikman. And then I wore 16 in college. Uh, you know, twice my number I wore in Pop Warner in high school at JMU, 16, and then uh, four at Monmouth University. And I don't know, I just thought four was a good number. I, I like that number still. And 11 is like the number I get on personalized jerseys now because I've kind of just branded the uh, ones on the clock, 11-11. And uh, we're up against the clock to 10 o'clock and the next break and the update. But Giants fans, I see you on the line I want to talk to you. Yankees fans, I see you as well. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get back to the phones. I think the Knicks are about to secure a win. So, Knicks fans, call me up, 877-337-6666. The fan in New York will be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.